podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Born free, as free as the grass grows. Hey, hello, how are you? It's nice to be back here. My name's Eddie Nestor, and this is the Manchester United Redcast. Oh, just for a little while, let me be happy. Let that glass be half full. Let me look at my reflection and say, there is a man who is smiling. Uh, <laughs> Robert Beacon is over there in Manchester. Tell me, the, the sun is shining in Manchester, Robert. It certainly wasn't. It literally was yesterday and it yeah it, it it was it was hard to sort of come to terms with it having been so miserable and so downbeat for so long something to be stirred by such a wonderful positive performance like that it was a very refreshing happy surprise and yeah. the sun was indeed shining absolutely chris curley said last time you were here your hair was totally gray and i can see signs of color coming back yeah that cost me a lot of money though <laughs> Um, I'm just still like Robert. It was good to be a United fan again. It was. Um, it's been a while since that feeling kind of came back to watch United team play the United way. And for me, that was the most exciting thing. We should just just enjoy um, that victory. Sunday should have a pause button. Somebody sent me a message and I thought, oh, that's a lovely one. Yeah, yesterday, last Sunday, should have had a pause button. And let's get down to the analysis. We'll start, if you don't mind, uh, with the match again. So, so we'll look at what happened in uh, uh, mm. midweek against the uh, Minnows. Uh, and then we'll look forward to a couple of tough games against uh, a couple of Ws uh, that we need to, to sort out who we have history with. So in terms of yesterday, I mean... Necessity is the mother of invention. Uh, last week, you know, I'm a news hound, uh, Bobby, and we arrived at 15% of the population of Britain are now self-employed, working for themselves. And that, I guess, is because many of them have lost jobs and the like. We have a team that is injured that would probably be up there if that team was playing regularly. And then we bring in the children. And you don't win anything with children. Let's discuss. <laughs> Well, it's often the way, and I think we we said last week, didn't we, that uh, when we were a lot more downbeat, inevitably about the team generally, and we, we've been saying even our sort of first team players. I think there's been a criticism among a lot of Manchester United fans and ex-Manchester United players as well that a lot of those players simply to us look like almost squad player standard for the sort of Manchester United teams we expect the Ashley Youngs of this world for example I don't mean just to bully him but that, that the number of those sorts of players who are sort of good players but nothing exceptional and all those players Fellaini being another one of course those players aren't available presently so we've been forced to take this gamble with youth it's not it wasn't some calculated plan forced to do it and, and whoa, behold, look. Well, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, because I'll, I'll always pick a fight with you, you know that. Uh, Martial isn't available, Rooney isn't available. Some of the people who were supposed oh, to yes. be world-class, setting the world on fire, uh, th yeah, they wouldn't have performed thing. as well as the people I, we saw yesterday. Yeah, but let's be honest, if we're going to say that, I mean, Martial will welcome back with open arms as soon as he's fit. I'm just making the point that we... we for much of the season, we've we've had a team that none of us have been inspired or excited by, and frankly, a lot of them we'd be we'd have been quite happy to see the back of. This has just been forced on us by an injury situation. We've had to take these gambles, and for a couple of games at least, it's certainly come off with your Mr. Rashford up front. Yeah, I mean, you know, Chris, when we look at it, and you look at certainly the first three goals. You spent two hundred million on a squad, and people are coming from Germany, having won the World Cup, having won the Champions League, and yet the, the, the kids who were born closest to the, the ground that you're playing on are the kids who have made all the difference. Because the kids who played yesterday have been playing the United Way for the past ten years since they were eight, right? And 
what you noticed yesterday, what I noticed yesterday, was that wasn't a Louis van Gaal team. That was an Alex Ferguson team playing Alex Ferguson mm. football. Mm. Yeah. And I give great credit to Ryan Giggs for that. I'm going to go out on it and say it's Giggs's um, influence. Notice how Depay suddenly in the past week or so decided to play at the right times in the right areas. Yeah. Notice yeah. how yesterday where He's the goals... has been a revelation. Yeah, where the goals came playing on the left wing. No coincidence, a left winger is our number two and may have encouraged him to play a certain way. Look at the goals that we scored. We crossed the ball. Yeah. We got balls into the box. That yeah. never happened under Van Hal for the past two years we shot first time from outside of the box what happens we get a deflection we score we don't wait we attack with flair with spirit with verve we get bodies in the box that is the Manchester United way that only proves to me even more so and makes me even more convinced how wrong Louis van Gaal is for us and the fact we're in the position of having to play these kids is directly related to his arrogance and mismanagement in the close season so it only convinces me even more that getting rid of him uh, Christmas was absolutely the right thing to do. You see, you, you can take a glass that's half full and make it half empty. No, that's a positive thing. That is, a posi- that is actually a positive statement to how we move forward as a team. Van Gaal... Got he's got to go. He's got to, he still has to go. Yesterday doesn't change anything well, for Well, you me say that, that. They're saying, you know, all the chat rooms are full of Arsene Wenger's got to go. And they're right about that too. I mean, if you're an Arsenal fan, you've completely learned that actually now, sadly, you might think Piers Morgan is right. I mean, I've spoken to Arsenal fans today who have said, well, once again, we had no spirit, we had no conviction, we had no physicality in our team and up front. They've watched that for the last eight years at the library. Um, I'm not worried. I'm quite happy for Arsenal not to win the league. I think we're all Leicester fans. That would be great for the league if they do win it. Um, Tottenham aren't playing like a Tottenham team anymore. They're playing like a... Arguably, you could say a Manchester United team. Yeah, they were, they, they were always and have always been. I mean, I, I, in my life, tell me if I'm wrong, I've always thought of Tottenham as Man United light and West Ham as Man United lighter. Yeah, absolutely. Tottenham won against uh, yesterday against Swansea, going 1-0 down with two late goals. If you watch the highlights of that game, they had like 15, 16 chances and the goalkeeper had an incredible performance. Former I've seen Arsenal that at Old Trafford so yeah. many times over 20 yeah. years. As United fans, we know the pattern of of how you win leagues. Leicester scoring in the last minute, 1-0 Vardy yeah. in the um, lower, and Vardy missed it. That was a classic championship winning performance, which we've seen over the years. So as fans, don't lose faith in that we don't know how to win leagues and how to play football. We know because we've seen it for so long. Well, if we work on Chris's philosophy there, see the way I brought that Thank word you. in, talking about Louis Verno. If, if you work on, and, and you go, these guys have been there since they were eight, so now they're 18 mm-hmm. and 19. Actually, they probably know about a Man United philosophy uh, more than the people who've been bought in the last two or three years. That leaves a bit of a conflict, doesn't it? That, that means that there's a lot of dead wood Robert Meekin to get rid of. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I'd be happy to lose some of that dead wood, to be honest. I think there's a bit of feeling in the last sort of three or four years. And I have to say this overlaps into the Ferguson era as well, where there were players who were acquired who frankly weren't of the calibre that we would expect at Manchester United. I'd go, I'd, you know, looking back the last sort of four or five years, a number of players who've come in, who've been bought, I would, I would say weren't, weren't of the calibre we've had before. When you've got someone like Ashley Young being brought in, when, you, when someone like Cristiano Ronaldo is leaving the club, well, it speaks for itself. We were going, we, we have been going downhill, I think, in our acquisition. So it is hugely Well, we didn't think Cristiano, Cristiano was Cristiano. I remember the jokes you know, about but, 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 him but being Antonio the other Ronaldo. But, yeah, but, but, Anto- 
But just, Antonio Valencia was bought to, you know, those but, sort of but, players, good, good professionals, yeah. okay. but they are but not. But Ronaldo was able to come into a side that was built with Keane, Van Nistelrooy, Point Rooney, taken, yes. people taken, around him allowed to grow. Depay hasn't had that opportunity. He's had to be the talisman from the get-go. Um, and he suffered because of that and decided to worry about the kind of hats he wears, rather about when he decides to cross the ball into the box. Um, it, the change is nothing for me um, about what how a United team should play and how they have been playing. Van Gaal still bought players and not been better than the ones he let go. That's he went into a season knowing that Rooney was your number one striker and relied on a nineteen-year-old boy from France to take over that mantle. Lo and behold, Rooney's going to be out for two months. That's gross mismanagement. But and, uh, apart from that, it's arrogance. And if you notice, I know- what, what other team in the Premiership wouldn't take Martial? Martial was the right decision, but to go into a season leaving Martial to the deadline day to buy oh, is right. gross Sorry, mismanagement. I Please forgive me, I didn't understand. And I think. Um, you noticed last Is that week. Buying Fellaini for, for more, more Fellaini was a, as we all, as well documented, that was a panic buy towards the end because. So why Ed are you Woodward's blaming the manager as opposed to the chairman? Uh, I think he, Woodward is very much to blame. And Robert talks about the money that Ferguson had and the likes of Ashley Young. That's a bigger conversation at boardroom and, and the Glazers and how much money is allowed to be invested in the team and the management of that going forward. And it's quite clear there is definitely a power struggle going on between the commercial side of the football club and the football side of the football club. And the commercial side is quite happy to compromise on making the Champions League at the moment in fourth place and that's enough it seems to me and the football side are going well hold on a minute we should be buying the best players and challenging and winning things not settling for this yeah I I wonder how much has the comments by Adidas played out in terms of because that's a big contract you know and money speaks doesn't it Robert it does. I mean, that was what you mean when the the Adidas boss when he spoke out about he didn't like the way Manchester United were playing that's right yeah I mean, that has had an effect. I mean, that wasn't just... I mean, that went right to the heart of the coaching stuff. You've got Ryan Giggs sitting there who clearly would have been very uncomfortable with that awful style of play that we've been adopting for so much of the season, that sort of possession-based, going sideways, going nowhere stuff. It was like a sort of substandard continental style of football, which was abhorrent to a lot of us. And I think it wasn't just Adidas, it was people, the hierarchy of the club, the likes of Alex Ferguson, the Bobby Charlton, the gigs of this world. Those people would have hated that as well. So I'm sure that pressure has come to bear on Van Hal as well from yeah, inside the club never mind you know the adidas as well yeah you say that but chris he he said earlier this week that he had never seen the change room in the time that he's been there be as happy mm-hmm. as it is he's smiling he's making jokes and yesterday he was diving on the floor when there was still time for them to equalize Ab- absolutely but Eddie, if your boss came up to you and goes, Eddie, I want you to be a horny broadcaster, give me some horny radio, you would laugh at him, you would not take him seriously and think he's a lunatic. I don't think that changes with Van Gaal. I think Van Gaal is entirely at the moment looking at, at protecting his legacy. Of course he's going to say those things. What was interesting to me when uh, Rashford scored the two in midweek in Europe, he said, yes, I had a, a chat with him at halftime and told him what to do. It's all about him. He's trying to claim that, look, I, I actually did something useful, quite good. He's trying to maintain his legacy and preserve his own uh, reputation. I've never seen Ryan Giggs smile in two years since 
full-time yesterday and cheering and celebrating goals. Why? Because those goals were Man United goals. Yeah, but Brian Giggs, Robert, doesn't tell Louis van Gaal to get in the technical area, does he? You've seen him in there. And I don't remember. Chris is going to tell me otherwise. But I don't remember seeing him down there before. It's very rare. I think it might have been one or two appearances before. And it struck me the way he behaved. It was like a man in sort of in the, the last hurrah. There was a bit of, wasn't there a bit of party spirit there? Demob happy, I think, is what we call it. is the word I'm looking for, yeah. You know what, that and nearly went so that, wrong maybe. for him, though, Robert, because if you notice at the time, I mean, again, that is Van Gaal drawing attention to himself. And I think yes. that at the time, Arsenal were on the attack and De Gea had to make a save. It had looked pretty stupid getting up from the floor knowing they'd pulled another goal back at the time yeah well no stop emptying the glass Chris stop it no no stop I, it I'm just he reminding would us have that, but he didn't I'm just reminding us that there is a glass <laughs> well, and no, it's no. Louis van Gaal shaped <laughs> very well now, what do we know about this kid then uh, apart from the fact that you know Oscar's night last night best newcomer he gets it 100% you know with every single vote and his colour isn't going to work against him at all did I say that I'm so sorry what do we know about this kid chris well um we're fellow long sight lads so i am from long sight in that part of manchester that's good, where i good. grew up best curries in the world it, mate. very good curries down the old curry mile in rush home. well that's technically rush home. oh right okay sorry. technically yes. long sight is crocoff park and uh, usually lots of drugs and shootings to be honest although i'd left since um, from that point of course uh, we moved to Levenshoom further away. still got context there. still but if you need to i can make a phone call and just um, it's a cheater meal in negotiation with jobs <laughs> it's very useful to none of these that. places robert lives there he doesn't know any of the places we've mentioned. no but it's a tough it's a tough place to play um, to live around there and um i'm really you know it's it, it takes a pretty strong family background and attitude to kind of um, not be distracted by the things you can get distracted of in that area and i'm i'm really pleased for um but we've seen um, it didn't we see it with brown where did west come west brown's where, from long sight same where, same yeah. place um danny welbeck's from long sight and me I'm like, I'm me. Oh, <laughs> Talk about Louis van Gaal trying to claim it. Just I saying. think we've got another guy. I'm now very socially mobile. It. I've done very well. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, did, did, you make, did you meet them at all? A lot younger no, than I'm, you, No, they're a lot younger than me. I, there, there, I probably shouldn't say there's a story that I, I was man of the match in a game against Paul Scholes once, but that's not true, maybe. Although the way I tell it, it makes it sound like it is no, true. I, I'm sure when we've got more time, yeah. we'll allow you to indulge oh, in that. It can I'm be sure. true. It can be true when the moment's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Three wins in a row at diving and inevitably Danny Welbeck would score. Yeah, that was inevitable. It's always, I mean, it's, it, the, the history states so many United's or exports come back and score against. So remember, Mark Hughes used to make a habit of scoring against us when he used to come back yeah, he did. for Chelsea. Um, I mean, I, I, I still, amid all the excitement for the new young man who's burst on the scene, I remain firm in the opinion that Welbeck really shouldn't have been sold. I mean, I, I think he's, I never, it was, certainly wasn't the finished article. It would often drive us mad. But I think he's got pace. He was a nightmare to play against. At times, he was exceptional. At times, he could be flaky. But I think it was the wrong call on Van Hal's part to let him go. I think he he could have really fitted right into that team yesterday. Well, I don't know. Let's focus on the it's ones easy. that are it's Manchester yeah, United I, players. Yeah, I, I, I know, but 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 did they us. they write in and they complain about you, Robert, and you're only still on the podcast because I defend you. Uh, yeah. you know, it, that, <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> no, don't worry. It's nothing without him, and you've become a magnificent addition. And might I applaud both of you? Oh, bless you, gracious me! Look, we're falling asleep here now. Look, I'm in. In terms of, of, of this kid, 
one of the tweets that I watched yesterday is, is he the new Ronaldo or the new Makeda? No, he's the new Rashford. Um, that's the cliched answer to that kind of question always, isn't it? Listen, Kiko Makeda should be a warning sign to him. I mean, and a warning sign to us to give the kid some time yeah. and some yeah. free space. I mean, he stepped in and, and played like a man, for the want of a better cliche. And I think we admire that, we enjoy that, and then we let him grow and perform. And it's the coaches and his parents and his background that will, go, will not let him become um, get on loan to Cardiff anytime soon, I hope. Yeah, or, or, or um, you know, we've had big stars or shining stars, things that needed to be, I suppose, a little love. Uh, one is Pogba, uh, another was the kid, I don't know where he is now, he went to West Ham, went to Birmingham. Ravel Morrison's in Rome, uh, and, playing for Lazio, trying to come home. Yeah. And no one will pick him up, not even Queen's Park Rangers want him back. No, because, and my mate is a coach, Robert, and one of the things he says to me is that these kids at 11, 12, 13, 14, they are moulded, they are, you know, you're not allowed mm. to pay them, but there are all sorts mm. of inducements, encouragements, uh, uh, let's say, uh, and they're open to anything they're told that they're going to be fantastic they're special Mm -hmm. and by the time they get to 18 they believe it and if you're earning four grand a week let's say yeah oh yeah 18 four grand a week that's two hundred thousand pounds a year yeah that's a lot of money none of your mates are earning that kind of money can you imagine what you can do what you can say how you can behave and it's clearly gone to his head and it's going to be a wasted talent isn't it also there are people hanging on around him i mean that's the problem it's those influences who want to spend that money for them and get into those places um but you know the cream rises to the top and you know that level of sport that two percent mentality makes all the difference to long-term success and that goes back to your family background and it goes back to the coaching staff who can only do so much as they tried with Ravel mm. who was from Longsight as well funny enough and has obviously not succeeded in a similar way as Danny Welbeck for example um it's it's tough for them because and it's tough as you get older you think about if someone was paying you now in your job as a grown-up that amount of money. yeah i mean let, let's just stay on this for a second because i think if my memory serves me rightly i i was doing stories and reading stories about a, a young guy who was bought from wales who had gone off who had become attracted to a partying lifestyle and now uh, he's our assistant manager uh, yeah but there's, there was a fine line there that he could easily Gone, gone the other way. But, the, but I think that there are examples of his generation where there were a number of other highly promising players who pulled him who in. Did fall away. Lee Sharp, yes. Keith Gillespie, if, very highly rated, very talented players. He, it's a fine, fine line between sort of a Ravel, Ravel Morrison, who could have been a fantastic player, and someone like Giggs. I think sometimes you, the ones who come through. There's a bit of luck along the way. Luck, of course, I think. But well, if around. you t- tell me in 1991, 92, if there weren't camera phones and social media, then I think Ryan Giggs's story might have been a little. Oh, bit I think. Some of the stories I've heard about Ryan Giggs yeah. and some of the stuff that you can find uh, before we even get into my brother's wife. Well, uh, I think I think. Well, this is why people say to me, "Is he ruthless enough to be the Man United job?" And I I throw that in as an example, going, "That's how ruthless he is." Yeah, he was a, a, a very um, let's say, yeah, he's lucky that there weren't camera phones and things like that in those days. Otherwise, uh, things could have been very different for him. I, I, I wonder if he knows how lucky he is. Uh, so three wins a row. Team spirit seems to be up. Uh, I, I am listening on TuneIn, and then all these people are just appalling performance in the first half. Uh, they score first, it's Michi Handel, and then you kind of think, 
actually, it's on the brink here. We've just lost, mm. haven't we? We, 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 lost or we lost at Sunderland. And, uh, you know, you're thinking, ooh, it could all, if he loses this, he's gone, isn't he? Is it, is it the, the Man United thing with Sir Alex? Had he, had he lost, you know, I mean, this thing of fable now, had he lost that, uh, then he would have been out. But actually, Louis van Gaal would have had nowhere to go had he lost in midweek, would he? No, I mean, we'd have been stuck. We'd have been stuck in purgatory, wouldn't we? For the next I'd have liked to go back so. to Denmark. It I was up so. to me. I mean, I, mm. I, I think that we shouldn't even have gotten to that position. No. That's the problem. I get that. the way that we're playing shouldn't even got anywhere close to that. We should be beating Shrewsbury away from home on a Monday night. We should be beating the Danish champions. Even we shouldn't even be behind to them. Ferguson had those issues, of course he did. But it goes back to a, a longer, deeper rooted problem in the mythology of the way. That but you played. cut him no slack, and I know I'm arguing with I, myself here. You cut him no slack. For the fact that he's got however many, 15, 60. Robert, give me the number. How many people are injured? You cut him no slack. There is no team in the premiership with that number of injuries that wouldn't have to be created. I, I totally agree, but my problem isn't his injuries and coping with putting the players in who he's picking. My problem is his manner and mythology of his football, which is slow, boring, predictable, easy to defend against, lacking in any attacking verve or spirit, or attempts to score any goals unless he's, he thinks he's playing Sabutio and flicking his players around. <laughs> That's what he's doing, and we've watched it for two years, and Sabutio went out in the 80s. And the did, did, you, did, you ever, did you ever play? Was it yeah, I was game? league champion at school. Oh, I'll get him. <laughs> I was, and, I got, and I'm still very upset about losing the World Cup penalty shootout when Viali missed. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Bobby, um, interesting times. Uh, of course, we came back in that game magnificently. It was like, bang, yeah. goal, bang, goal, bang, goal. It was like, oh, and you could just feel the place uh, rising. I've got to tell you, fantastic atmosphere yesterday. I mean, you know, I, I understand. We, but they were singing yesterday. I know I'm jumping about a bit. Just bear with me. They, they were singing Louis van Gaal. They were, they were singing his name. I, I don't know that I've personally ever heard that. I think so. I know. I think again. I was such a release again from United being so lousy recently, and, and in the face of adversity, Manchester United fans, particularly away, of course, have been absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And they have been making more noise. Sometimes good Van Hal, sometimes bad at you know, Old Trafford as well, because it has been in a state of crisis. That when things have gone a lot more impassioned. I mean, I've sat at United games, and we've been in the ascendancy. You know, a few years ago, sitting there watching them play, you know, Coventry City or something, it's silent. You know, everyone's quite bored. But when when we when we when we've been struggling up against it, of course, yeah. fans do get a lot more passionate and loud. Yeah. Only in the rain do you appreciate the sunshine. Sorry, are you going to break out into song? No, I just thought I just want some poetry Please, in go on. for you. I, just, I bet you've got a lovely that's, voice. That's, here's my thing, right? We've got through in the Europa Cup now. Who will we play next? Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? It's uh, it's great fun for a Thursday night. It's not just trying to get a night off work to go up and watch it, but I don't think they're going to give it to me. I mean, that is just. I mean, I don't know what the city centre is going to be like, but that's going to be. A isn't it a bit like though playing? I'm going to show old... you Liverpool fans won't be let anywhere near the city centre. But isn't it a bit like playing the old full members' cup? 
I mean, isn't it? Isn't it like Johnson's paint trophy? No, 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 no. I'm struggling with it. I'm struggling to get that. Help help me with this, Rob. I mean, because you know, I'm like you. When you pick up multiple stories from multiple sources, they sometimes get confused. Wasn't there a story about Manchester United playing Liverpool in some I don't know far away place or some sort of tune-up game, uh, and and them not being happy about it because it's never ever going to just be a friendly is it Manchester United versus Liverpool and I think the bragging rights because whoever wins it mm. will think that they are going to win the Europa Cup Man it's United a stand- yeah it's a, stand- it's a standalone fixture it's like a sort of nasty version of the boat race really it always sort of comes around that you know it's, it doesn't really matter how the two teams are playing I still I for me and I think for a lot of fans Manchester United versus Liverpool is still there's one of the biggest fixtures. It means so lot. It's a north. It's a northwest derby. At the end of the day, it, it could be, it could be the FA Cup. It could be a Premiership game. It could be whatever this is these days. And uh, it doesn't matter. We'd be, you know, we, we would hate to go. The idea of going out to Liverpool over over two rounds it would really wound us. I'm actually very confident. I think I think I'd fancy us against Liverpool these days. But in all seriousness, I think there's an issue about how important it is and a decision to be made. Because mm, yep. if Europa League is going to... Is that our best chance of qualifying for the Champions League? Yes. Do we think the Premier League fourth position is too far away from us? I don't think that's necessarily the case yet. Um, when you look at particularly how Arsenal played, I think they're, one, they're the ones that could drop back into the pack if we go on a run. So the decision is to be made about where you want to put those re- resources mm in the goal of getting Champions League football. I don't know. I mean, you're probably right on it. I I would say that history has told me it'll be Leicester or or probably not Leicester now, but more likely Tottenham. But the thing I wonder about is if you start getting, because you're going to get a lot of players back over the next five, six, seven, eight weeks, that he might not have to make that decision because so many players are out injured. As they come back, he can work whatever is his best team, squad, system within, uh, you know, the resources that are available. I, I agree. And that's what, in the old era, we did. There was a team that was, there was four or five changes between Champions League and Premier League, depending on the opposition. Van mm. Hal has been very consistent and he's just picked the best 11 fit. He thinks he's very rarely made more than three or four changes unless he had to because of injuries. He's not rotated as much. It's a real decision, I think, because that games, those games in March, that's why what? and West Brom Hugely are important. so important Hugely. to get mm. six points mm. to get put some pressure on that Champions League yeah. places so that when it gets the Europa League it becomes a little bit clear about what the priority should be absolutely and, and I think you know Liverpool are playing Man City again and I imagine Anfield will not be a, a particularly friendly place and it's going to be hard isn't it for, for Man City to get up there again well I mean that's great for us with the three point gap I think between City they've got a game in hand um, Liverpool uh, if it's a night game at Anfield that's always a struggle be a struggle when yeah. we go there because um, the atmosphere is literally like they all have always sucked one into the net at some point uh, at the cop I think hopefully um, we need to make that a competition because I still think fourth place is our best chance of getting into you, you think we, we've written it off on the podcast uh, uh, I, am I, I misquoting Europe between us last week we, we more as wrote off fourth place didn't we well, it's, I've, just, I've just found it very, very hard because the two teams we were relying on to fall out of the top four, yeah, up until a, in a few weeks ago, let's be honest, were Leicester City and Tottenham still. Yes. And we thought none of us could imagine Arsenal and Manchester City 
not being in that top four. But yet they're the ones now in theory are supposed to overtake. I just find it hard to imagine City or Arsenal dropping out. And Tottenham and Leicester are quite well, I think the games. I think I think it's a tough. I think it's very, very difficult. It's, it is. It is absolutely difficult. I think the results at the weekend were very important for Leicester and Tottenham. And Leicester's next few games look really good for them if they were playing that level of opposition. If you were normally used to competing for titles, I think that Arsenal game has brought us was a six pointer in terms of getting closer to Arsenal and City. have got Liverpool coming up. We still got to play City again. There's a North London derby. Which there's is, a North London yeah. derby, so they'll take points off each other i don't think it's i don't think it's easy i don't think but i still think it's probably our best chance of yeah um some finishing fourth. no, no you, maybe you got a point i mean if man city looking at your philosophy here that's two i won't do it again if man city are focused now they've won that and they're now focused on the champions league then it is possible to see how the Premiership could fall. Well, I think that's a really good point because Pep's going to come in and want his own players. It's going to be quite the end of an era for some of those players, people like, mm-hmm. you know, Yaya, Fernandinho, perhaps, um, about how they, Kolarov, Clichy, those people staying in that team. I thought the Kiev victory for them was key to how they thought about the Champions League. They've been, they'll be focused on that. They're if they get through it, which they will, their quarterfinal is healthy for them. I think a lot of their attention will go, right, we're going to make a real run at yeah, this Champions get League. Get to semi-final, they've done well, haven't they? Uh, yeah, and that's big progress for them. They won't be used to that. So, And then we'll see what happens in, um, in April when those league games kind of always make it difficult when you're trying to do both jobs, as we well know, and we have managed to do it. Twice. And a lot of games coming up in a very short space of time. Uh, Leicester have Chelsea in their final game of the season, so they all want it tidy uh, up before then. Can you imagine Ranieri winning the Even that sentence is weird, isn't it? Ranieri. Leicester can tie it up before then. Yeah, well, they've got got to come to Old Trafford shortly before, haven't they? I think it's May the 1st, something like that. United Leicester. Yeah, but just the idea of Ranieri. Stanford Bridge winning the Premiership is gonna be beautiful to watch. I think we're all Leicester fans, aren't we? I'd quite like I think Leicester so. to win it. I think so. It, it would say a lot about the Premiership, and there you go. You'll have every single pundit saying, "Oh, it's fantastic because it will never be done again." Well, there'll be a special brand of Walker's crisps coming out, I'm sure, to commemorate <laughs> the occasion. Oh, what what flavour could we get? Oh, Vardy flavour. Hey? Yeah, salt and Vardy. Yes. Hey, well done, Robert. Yep. The W's, mate. Uh, they're up Watford and West Brom uh, Watford as far as I know wasn't it too new they did us didn't they they, they, they did us because uh, they played really really well uh, and I remember West Brom not too long ago having four yes. acro- four across the back I think he plays with four centre backs doesn't he and uh, yeah. uh, nicking a goal against us so not 100% had we not won this last three games I, I, I really think we probably would have been the underdog in this what is the value of team spirit oh it, it, it's huge exactly right 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 now because of the, the way the way they're playing with such confidence and positivity and width of course as we've mentioned i just think suddenly there's a real you know vibe around the team that's a lot more sort of positive and encouraging and we go into these games i really think we could take these teams apart if we perform now we haven't been able to say that in recent yeah, you know, if we were talking two or three weeks ago we'd be hesitant and nervous and dreading losing these sorts of games one, two nil or something. But suddenly 
if if we sort of perform, look, we conceded a couple of goals at the weekend. We're certainly we're certainly a very beatable proposition still, but it's going in the right direction. Something and looks like a Manchester United team, and that, as a result, you know, our optimism is up. And you fancy us to get results against teams like this? Of course you do. Yeah, if we're happy. If we get six points from this, then I think that we'll be nailed on for fourth. Point. Well, I think we have to get six points for that to happen. I Now, you're going to say you're a half-empty glass person again, but I'm going to say that they've had a really amazing week and full of adrenaline and mental mm. capacity has been at its maximum. And that football has a strange way of kicking you when you think you're on top. So yes. I, I would warrant caution that this new enthusiasm and, and performance in the team could face a lull because don't underestimate that Watford side Kike Sanchez Flores is a yeah, very talented yeah, manager yeah. and will have a game plan to to work out and they've basically got a front two who can score goals and they Igalo will not play how Walcott played on Sunday yeah no, I mean yeah I, I don't like talking about opposition's teams but their best players didn't didn't really turn up at all and that's something that Arsenal are going to have to think about uh, Chris you've been magnificent as we've come to expect you've set the standard high mate never let us down I, I'm trying to like if there's any irony in that but I'm going to accept it on the sincerity yeah but I'm showing you how, I'm showing you how you take a half full compliment and empty it thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) Robert you've been brilliant as per usual Uh, listen let's hope we're smiling like this next week Uh, uh, thank you very much Chris thank you very much Robert my name's Eddie and I've got to say bye bye until next week come on you Reds this is a playback media production served to you in association with why not think people sports social podcast network